Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This is the On the Pony Express podcast, part of the On Three Network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Ambody. Thanks for joining us. We are presented by Status Jet. You can go to statusjet.com, get more information from David Henry and his entire team by dialing them up at 866-404-9791. David and I just had a little meeting this week uh, to discuss some big news for you guys out there about how we can put together some packages around some SMU games this fall. I'd circle the Stanford game at the very least as a major weekend for SMU fans going to put together an experience that you'll no doubt want to be a part of. So look for more information on that in the coming weeks and months. Trust me, it'll be a first class experience. It's not as unattainable as you think uh, when you think of a private jet and chartering company putting like putting something like that on David Henry and his team at Status Jet flew the cheerleaders and the band down to New Orleans for the AAC championship game. They did it the right way, how you would expect SMU to do it. We're looking forward to partnering with them on these experiences for SMU fans to put together a team flight plane uh, or a game uh, game experience uh, where all the SMU fans can fly around to some of these really cool environments in the ACC. So, Shout out to everything that Status Jet does for us. 
Check them out. Use code PONYUPACC for a discount on a round-trip flight or mention on theponyexpress.com. We've got a packed show for you guys today as we have Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports joining us later on in the podcast to talk SMU to the ACC, the future of the ACC, the future of the college football playoff, NIL, and more. So looking forward to that conversation. Hopefully you guys catch this podcast when you guys are going around uh, this weekend or running errands or hanging out with the fam. Uh, you guys can uh, catch up on a really nice interview that we had with Ross just to just wrapped it up a few minutes ago before recording this pod. So let's jump in, guys. Uh, spring football is just a couple weeks away for SMU now. We're actually um, sitting here a week and about 10 days. So 10 days over, overall uh, for SMU to start spring football, um, which is going to be exciting times at ontheponyexpress.com. So subscribe for just a dollar for your first two months using code SMU1. That's SMU the number one. Jordan Hoffaditz, who joined the site, dropped his first couple spring position previews, which we're excited about. And we've been dropping a ton of information on recruiting. Uh, and stay tuned. Might have more news on that front soon. Uh, I was kind of hoping to uh, have some of that for you guys on this podcast, but we will continue to wait it out for you guys and keep you guys updated at ontheponyexpress.com. Quick note here, last night, SMU did go down to New Orleans and grabbed a win, kicking off what is a critical stretch for the Mustangs on the hardwood? They beat Tulane 87-79. Second half comeback for the Mustangs was led by Chuck Harris's game-high 25 points. He had 16 of those in the second half. Hit four of five from three, uh, or hit four of his five three-pointers on the night in the second half. He was five of six overall. Uh, yeah, so four of his five were... In the second half, uh, he was five of six overall from beyond the arc. Uh, he also added twenty, or he also added six to six assists on the night. Zerk Phelps had nineteen points. Tyreek Smith eleven. Samuel Williamson ten. Jalen Smith ten. SMU continues to get it done in a balanced scoring effort once again, though. And this is facing the league's top offense uh, statistically. I believe that that's where Tulane stands. SMU held them to 79 points. It's not something that is overly impressive by any means, but they were going into the game averaging 89.5 points per game while shooting 51% from the floor in games played right there in Uptown in the New Orleans area. So for SMU to at least hold them to that was a little respectable. SMU now has a big game Sunday against Memphis at 3 p.m., in Moody Coliseum, yet another another Sunday game in Moody before they head to FAU, top 25 team. They head to South Florida. This is a major stretch for the Mustangs to try and position themselves well, not only for the AAC tournament, but also just for that off chance they can battle their way into uh, the NCAA tournament. That, those hopes are still alive. Those hopes really lie with these next three games, Memphis, FAU, and USF they'll have to really hone in at the AAC tournament and win that one to obviously truly secure a spot in the big dance. But they they are not dead in the water yet. They are not dead in the water. Uh, this team continues to fight and find its way to winning. Uh, I believe that was their fifth straight win. Could be wrong. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. So uh, the Mustangs were getting good news uh, Thursday night in that game in New Orleans. When we look ahead here to spring, we'll start doing some of this next week. But I think one thing that 
is going to really catch my eye this spring is the defensive line. And they have so many new faces. They have so many snaps up for grabs. And this is that first piece to finding that right puzzle and that right rotation. And where do the, where do the guys fit? You can say the same thing about the wide receivers. I think we're going to see what could very well be the most competitive spring this program seen in a minute. And part of that is, is you have some key players coming back who were basically brought in last year, especially on the defensive side to say, okay, you're the starter. You're taking this on. This is going to be your team. What are you going to do about it uh, in terms of your on the field play? You already cemented your role. That's why you were brought in. There are more questions on the defensive line this, this spring at the cornerback spot. Kind of the same way. You need Deuce Harmon to be the dude, but you also need some of these younger guys to step up until they can bring in maybe one more um, cornerback um, to that fold. And they'll also try to bring in a defensive lineman as well. Quick uh, note here, SMU running back Velton Gardner did what we expected him to do, and that is announced that he is graduating and transferring. He'll have one year remaining. He's out of the running back rotation now which he wasn't on the roster to begin with for the spring, but now he moves on uh, to whatever is next for him. We wish him the best. Good, good, good dude. Dallas guy who just couldn't get enough footing on that rotation. It, it just never came around for him. He wasn't able to do it. And so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens next with him. But SMU's running back room, little thin right now. Derek McFall arrives this summer. Brashard Smith is on campus, so he will be fun to watch, get into some of those gadget plays and in that running back room with Kyle Cooper. But uh, that is a veteran running back moving on, Belton Gardner, which was pretty much expected. On the recruiting front, it is a dead period. We are seeing a lot of guys start to set official visits here and there and, and in terms of you know one visit locked in. They haven't come out with their full schedules yet. But we'll start to see some of that start to come about. So I'm intrigued to see what that looks like as we get going in that direction. The dead period runs for another probably three weeks, I think. It's not the first weekend of spring ball that it that it opens back up, but it's the second. So we'll be tracking that once that gets going again. But guys, uh, it's been a heck of a time at On the Pony Express. We've got spring previews. We've got ACC new uh, ACC coverage coming of the teams and where they stand going into spring ball, which I'm excited about. We're going to roll, roll those out as spring ball gets closer, but I've gotten a couple Q&As back. We'll have a lot going on on the site. So make sure you subscribe for just a dollar for two months using code SMU1. That gets you one month or that gets you two months for a dollar using code SMU1. That's for you YouTube uh, subscribers and listeners out there and our Spotify and podcast and all of those platforms. Uh, that's a special code for you guys. So pass it around to your friends. We've grown the site. It's been incredible having... Jordan Hoffaditz, Kevin Lonquist, and myself on the site now to bring you guys coverage of, of the team. Hope you guys have enjoyed the extra basketball coverage on the site. We've had multiple columns as well as the game coverage as well. So it's all good, so to speak, uh, on, on theponyexpress.com. And a quick word before we send you off to our interview with Ross Dellinger. Quick reminder, guys, head to statusjet.com, reach out to them, call them, 866-404-9791. David Henry and his team, they're official sponsors of SMU. They can hook you guys up when it comes to your private jet experience at big planes, small planes, helicopters, however you need to get from point A to point B. They'll do it with a personal touch that you'd expect from a charter company 
doing your private jet experience. And one thing David mentioned to me with status jet is if your plane or if your other mode of transportation falls through, that's why he and his team are available to get you that quick setup so that you can get to where you need to go in that level of luxury that you'd expect. And he tells me time and again, heard from so-and-so plane wasn't working. Other company didn't come through the plane. I needed to step in and we took care of them. They've got contacts all over the world. So whether it's spring break, the masters, any event coming up, be sure to just at least reach out to and talk to status jet. And you can find their information, information at statusjet.com. Use code PONYUPACC or mention on the Pony Express when you talk with them about your round trip and you can get a discount. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ross Dellinger, good friend of the program. And to, in, in closing of the podcast, we'll wrap it up after that interview. But he is on the front line of all of this. He's always in the Capitol hearing different discussions about NIL, about player compensation, about the college football playoff. He's always in Dallas for the most part for these college football playoff meetings that are taking place. He's had his, you know, finger on the pulse of realignment as well. So take some notes on, on what he's saying. It's all interesting stuff. It is a very precarious time for college football. And one takeaway, I think, that I took from it is college football is quickly in college athletics is becoming this, this sport more so than anything, or these sports that it is all a battle of the haves and the have nots in terms of pure money. You can talk about facilities. You can talk about coaching staffs. You can talk about all that, that stuff. The, the teams that can position themselves money wise to take care of athletes the best are going to be usually the biggest factors in college sports moving forward. And so that is something for SMU fans. If you're wondering what's going to happen and you listen to Ross and you're sitting there saying, Oh, this doesn't sound that good. What's going to happen to the future of SMU. Good thing is, is SMU can eventually point its nose toward player compensation in whatever is the allowed way with school funds at some point. And that is something that SMU fans should be pretty happy about. They're a school that has money when it comes to fundraising. It is just a matter of people maybe not wanting to do direct pay for play. Once this thing goes through and it becomes truly pay for play, SMU is going to be sitting in a just even better position because of that. There are still going to be programs that have so much money, it's sick. But SMU is going to be in a good spot when you look comparatively at other programs that have money tied up in this and that and debt and whatever. SMU doesn't really have debt. So they are in a good position. They are already planning for direct pay-for-play as well, I'll add. So be sure to enjoy this interview with our friend Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports. Welcome back to the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm happy to be joined now by good friend of the program, Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports. Ross, thanks so much for the time, my friend. How have you been? How's everything in the uh, national media world these days? Busy, busy, man. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit crazy, you know. Uh, there's really no off-season uh, anymore. So uh, a lot of change happening, uh, kind of in a transformative uh situation right now in, in college athletics. So big, big next few months. 
let's rewind back to when SMU got its ACC invitation. Uh, you were all over it. Uh, we had you on during the process. Now that it's all played out and you can look back on this now and SMU's getting in this summer officially, what, what, what are some of the takeaways you had from the decision to bring them in, and Stanford and Cal into the picture? And what does this mean overall from an, your national perspective for SMU long term? Well, uh, certainly for when you look at the decision uh, to expand by the ACC, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it was it was about long term security. You know, the ACC deal with uh, with ESPN um, uh, is kind of connected to the a number of, of teams that are in the ACC. Uh, so the deal in order for that for the ESPN deal to be extended with the ACC or to continue, um, the ACC needs at least 15 members. So you look at what happened with Florida State and maybe some others that have expressed interest in in maybe leaving the league at some point, uh, and you get the feeling they need to they, they need to try to prevent what happened in the Pac-12, uh, where you had just the uh, so many teams leave leave that it didn't the, the league kind of couldn't withstand it and, and imploded. So from that standpoint, you know, uh, you could say it was it was kind of a necessity that the that the uh, the, the ACC needed to expand, um, and I think that um, you know SMU was certainly a, a, a benefactor of that. I, I think uh, you know we're in a kind of a as I mentioned a transformative time in college athletics uh, where you know nil is just is going to be. Um, you know we're in a, we're in a, we're in the NIL era, but it's probably not lasting for too much longer. Um, and we're going to have an evolu the evolu next evolution of NIL and, and athlete compensation will be coming. And when that happens, you know there's probably going to be a situation where some teams are potentially left behind because they can't afford it, uh, can't afford to to pay players directly in some employment or revenue sharing model, whatever the new model will be. Uh, and I think SMU saw that they needed to get to the next level um, in order to secure their their future. And that's not to say that all of like Group of Five will be left behind, but you're better off in in one of the four leagues. Certainly better off in one of the top two leagues, probably. Uh, but for them, it's it's security too. You know, it's security for the for the future. And it it was uh, a smart decision to do all they can could to keep pressing to to get that because this was um this was not i think a normal expansion situation uh i think it, this took uh a lot of time and energy um of politicking probably um and courting on on both sides jim phillips of the acc who was trying to convince his memberships to do this and then rick hart the ad at smu um in the smu president and the smu board all kind of um, contributed to it it, it was uh you know it was a, a pretty good grind from from what i understand let's look at that piece that you mentioned there some of the members of the acc expressing uh uneasiness about their their money coming into the picture the the future of the league and things like that the main one that comes to mind right now is obviously florida state what do you make of what's going on in good old Tallahassee these days with the legal ongoings uh, between those two sides? 
Well, you know, I think uh, Florida State is is um, it's one of those situations where Florida State's probably the the uh, the one that's going to kick uh, kick open the door um, and potentially open it for others to follow. Um, you know, we reported back in uh, I think it was back in May uh, last May about the seven programs uh, of the ACC that were talking amongst themselves uh, about trying to find an exit path out of the league. And um, those talks kind of came out publicly and then died a little bit, but they're not completely over. And, and, and I think there's still that, that grouping that probably wants to try to find a way out. Um, and so Florida State's the first of that group, you know, to actually take the plunge. And I, I think they'll probably potentially, depending on what happens with Florida State situation and depending on what happens with this kind of new model, this evolution that we're seeing in college athletics, uh, you, you, you know, you could have more. Uh, you could have more leave, leave the league. Uh, but I think the main, one of the main points here is, you know, Florida State kind of, I guess, a good analogy would would be that they've they've kind of lit a lit a match in a way and dropped it in their home um so they're not staying in the home so i know they're not out yet of the acc but this is not going to end with like merriment of florida state staying in the acc and being welcomed back with open arms like this is you know, this is over. I mean, they're going to leave. It's just how much they have to pay, what they're going to have to do to leave. But, but clearly they're, they're going to exit. Um, and depending on how they exit, will tell you how many other programs maybe could do the same. Do, do you think like, is it SEC bound for FSU? Is it, you know, big 10? Is it, are, are we going to see this huge shakeup open this, kind of two conference or the merging of sec big 10 is it's kind of where do they go from from there i guess yeah uh it's it's kind of a question that really hasn't been answered um because both of those leagues the big 10 and sec have um kind of made it quite clear that they really don't want to expand anymore um now that the big 10 had made that quite clear a, a year ago and then expanded again um uh, but that was a little different. It was the complete kind of collapse of a conference, and they could get those two uh, programs, Oregon and Washington, at an incredible discount. But that could happen again. You know, you, you could have the ACC collapse, and you could pick up uh, the leftover, so to speak. So it could happen. It just it doesn't feel like they're interested right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they could be put in a position where they get interested. Uh, so there's a possibility for that. Um, you know, there's always possible. There's another league out there, another power league out there in the Big 12. So there's always, I guess, a a possibility that something happens there. And then, you know, your third option is probably some kind of independence for a little while until something happens. I mean, again, we're talking about this transformative uh, situation in college athletics where you have a new model. I mean, that could really impact a lot of this and it could impact the leagues and the membership of leagues and, and all that. And then you have the fourth option, which is more of what we uh, mentioned earlier, uh, 
uh, that we reported back in May, which is those seven or so trying to get out and kind of probably form their new kind of a new smaller league where they might be might see themselves as a grouping of eight to ten more valuable and then don't have to um, don't have to distribute um, the wealth to as many uh, as many schools. So there's all those possibilities. Um, but I think the the whole landscape of college athletics and the new model coming and revenue sharing, collective bargaining, all that stuff is probably going to impact what happens to Florida State and any team who, who wants to leave. Let's hone in on SMU stance. You mentioned NIL. That's a kind of a big piece of why SMU feels like they can be competitive at the next level. They've obviously invested in facilities. They've, you know, taken money off the table to move into the ACC with the hopes and expectation that they'll obviously earn it back in some other revenues and eventually full shares and things like that down the line. Where do you kind of see them now that they have the membership to the ACC? You can... We're all kind of trying to predict the future, but if they can make this happen and at a and have a good little bit of success in a few years or over the next few years, where does that position them maybe relative to some of these ACC schools or in the grand scheme of things? Well, um, you know, the next evolution of the, the athlete compensation model um, it's it's obviously it's going to be about uh you know money and resources and in how much that uh you can you can pay and smu has proven that they have quite a bit of money and resources you know um i mean to get into the smc to get in the acc without taking um tv revenue for for nine years is is pretty remarkable and should tell you about the resources there, but in order to uh, fill that void, um, there's probably going to be some some impact on what you can pay athletes if you're you're paying to because you're not getting that TV revenue. So that's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, but without a doubt, you know, certainly SMU seems to have the resources to be able to at least survive in the in the next iteration uh of this uh, whatever it is um because you're probably going to have some sort of tiered maybe a tiered pay system you know where the top 10 15 25 maybe 30 uh can because their tv deal and their resources and their brand can pay this amount and then you probably have another group that can pay this amount and another group can pay this amount and, and you know they'll they'll everybody will probably be competing against one another but you'll certainly have the advantage just like now to right to get it's a lot of what's happening now it'll just be legally and it'll be direct pay um from the schools potentially so smu seems to be in that second if at worst that third that kind of third tier with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And 
speaking of money and SMU relying on some money from other avenues uh, of, of, you know, resources uh, coming into the program, the college football playoff, trying at some degree to skirt SMU's money a little bit compared to the recent additions like a BYU Cincinnati and, and programs like that. How did that all come to be where the full share for th these next two years wasn't going to be realized? You reported uh, the, the money that is now going to be going to SMU. And then looking down the road, you've got the new college football playoff deal. Where do you see that? heading and the monetary impact that does bring to a school like SMU. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been quite a controversy uh, in the CFP room, SMU, you know, it kind of started, I think it was last summer, maybe even before that, uh, some of the um, commissioners, namely of the power leagues, uh, maybe the power two, um, had made it clear, I think in the room, that there was going to be a moratorium on teams that met, moved, moved up from G5 to P5, them getting a Power 5 CFP revenue cut. Teams in the G5 get a million dollars every year from the CFP. Teams in the Power 5 get around six, five and a half to six million every year. And so they made it clear that they were not going to give that CFP cut, um, Power 5 cut to those rising from the G5 to P5. They did it for those in the Big 12, the, the ones that moved from the American to the Big 12, but they were gonna stop it there. Um, however, then, you know, you had SMU do exactly that. And in a November meeting with commissioners, uh, you need unanimous support of the 11, the 10 commissioners in Notre Dame's athletic director it, for any revenue, uh, any revenue decision. And there wasn't support uh, for, for SMU to get the power five cut. Not only that, but there wasn't support for them to keep their G5 cut because they're not in the G5. So it was a really tricky situation. And in around all this was the fact that SMU wasn't taking TV money. And so they were expecting to get that CFP money. Um, and, and so that was very important uh, for them. And kudos to Jim Phillips. And I heard Brett Yormark actually was involved in the compromise too um, because his team's again, went from the American to the Big 12, you know, and got got the cut, got the Power 5 cut. But they came up with a compromise, um, and, and it was approved uh, for SMU to get 50% of the Power 5 cut, roughly $3 million, and then get um, get 75% in year two of the Power 5 cut, around four or so uh, or so million dollars. So they'll get around seven-ish of the maybe 12 that they should have over the two years. It's better than, than nothing, uh, but it was certainly a drawn out um, issue. And, and now I think, you know, there's been a, a set determination that there'll be a moratorium now on that. Um, I don't think there's going to be any more compromising for any other team that makes that makes that move. But it was a little dramatic for a while there. I, I think that it probably um, shines the light on the uh, situation in college athletics right now uh you know the major conferences are are specifically the two are steering decisions and they'll continue to steer decisions they have a lot of the brands a lot of the money and all that so that's what we're looking at and the cfp meeting upcoming the next one that'll be a big topic is uh what the two brands the big 10 and sec want in a new cfp contract uh 
there's been a few reports that the contract has been agreed to with ESPN, um, including ESPN reporting it last month. But um, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't think anything's agreed to uh, because there's no new revenue model right now that's been agreed to in in the long term after 25. So big meetings coming up for the CFP to determine a lot of that. And we'll close on this and just your final thought on it. In terms of revenue model, what is are there any bits and pieces there as as far as what that could look like for um, like we talked about earlier in NIL tiered levels, I would imagine uh, for you know the power two, so to speak. And how, how does that all what do you kind of see there? Does that change for each league? Is it is it um, unequal revenue sharing like maybe the ACC has kind of talked about in, in that sense from their level? There are so many unanswered questions about whatever new model is lies ahead and whatever it's going to look like. I, um, you know, it, it can get complicated. You can talk a lot about it, but you know, there's an antitrust case called the house case and, uh, it's, it's gotta get settled. And uh, you get the sense that the power league, certainly the power to want to settle the case, um, in order to settle the case, you're going to pay big, but you're probably not going to pay as big as when, if you lose in court. Um, so that's what they want, probably want to settle. But then the second part of a settlement is creating a new model. Um, and it has to be a fair model in order to satisfy the plaintiffs in the case. So it would need to be some kind of direct pay for athletes, you would think. Um, and it's kind of one of the situations, um, each individual power conference is mentioned in is a defendant in the House case. So all five, including the Pac-12. And then the sixth defendant is the, quote, NCAA. Um, and so they can settle in parts differently. Um, the Big Ten and SEC, which made the joint advisory board, can decide to settle just on their own. And they would operate under this new model. And maybe nobody else would. Uh, but I think others will end up joining them, if I, I had to bet. Um, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And a lot of leagues, especially at the G5 level, can't afford uh, to operate. I don't think in that um, in that model, and I don't know what happens to them. Um, I would think competition continues, but they just won't be able to pay athletes. Wow. Well, it is. Uh, we're lucky to have you on the hill uh, these days, uh, following it all. You can find his work at Yahoo Sports. Ross Dellinger, always a great time chatting. We'll have you back on uh, in the future. Hopefully, you get some time to breathe here sometime soon. All right, Billy. Thanks. There he is, Ross Dellinger. Thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. We will catch you guys next week with another edition. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at On3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads 
money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.